morning and welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. And the award goes to Jackson. It doesn't. That that's me. Yeah, I'm I don't Jackson. Know if that's how that works. You, no, that doesn't. Seem you're doesn't, nominated. It, do, it doesn't go to Jackson. I'm sorry. No. Let me find a piece of paper and I'll fumble with it for like half Try a it. minute, which is a long time when you're sitting there watching somebody fumble a piece of paper. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, and I also want to nominate Ringo Starr for Geezer of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think we have I think we have too many awards, so I think we're good. I think we're, we don't have to add another one for that. Or actually, let's take some away. Let's no, take. No, we might let's as well take... just add more. That's how the Grammys work. Let's just no. We we should just delete some of these. We should delete. We should delete some of these, and then and then we can do best Geezer or Geezer of the Year. In in replace in replacement of another one. Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. think about which one to replace. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, before we get into the Grammys, which we will be talking about this episode, um, let, let's let talk some news. I, I didn't put everything uh, news-wise, but I put what uh, I liked most news-wise. So let, let's let's get into it. My first piece of news is Patti Smith, uh, legendary folk artist, singer-songwriter Patti Smith, performed an intimate show in New York City. And if you're listening to this in the distant future, why is that exciting? It's exciting because there haven't been shows pretty much anywhere in the U.S. or the world, except for if you're in New Zealand. And uh, it's pretty exciting to see New York City, which is a, a very uh, sm- a very dense area to be uh, doing these small, intimate shows. This is apparently part of a collective that is... Um, government sponsored and the idea of it is to kind of do a a soft reopening i guess is what you would say of the arts and it doesn't just include musicians it's going to also be um, comedians anything like that so it's a pretty cool thing that new york city's doing and what it is is essentially they are not announcing these shows because if you did then you would have these massive crowds they're always free and they're in these public spaces where, you know, it might be in the middle of Central Park or it could be in the subways. It could be something like that. But this first one with Patti Smith was in a museum there. And there's a really good article on it on Pitchfork that I read. And it just kind of, I think there was roughly 60 people that were there in the museum and it's a wide open like atrium it's a super intimate setting to see someone like that that would be great but you mentioned uh, you mentioned this thing that you said uh soft reopening what is that i guess uh, uh, people here in texas don't understand what a soft reopening is ah jokes (laughs) um (laughs) i can't tell if that's a genuine question so i'm gonna answer it anyway no i know what it is Okay. <laughs> I was just being suspicious. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but it, if you read the article and uh, people who have been there, they kind of discuss how it was this really just kind of emotional moment for Patti Smith for multiple reasons. Uh, she kind of lamented on uh, her late husband and um, late, uh, I believe it was a photographer, but a really good friend of hers and just kind of this nostalgia but then also that was tied in with the listeners talking about, you know, man, we haven't seen a show in a year. And this is crazy to see Patti Smith with like 
30 to 60 other people and just talking about how uh, normally at a show like that, you would be upset to hear someone cough or you'd be upset to hear somebody's phone ring. But all the reporters who were there kind of talked about how it was kind of this kind of people getting back into that. Oh, this is what it's like to be around people at a concert. People are going to whisper. People are going to talk. This is this is so interesting. And it was just kind of this beautiful thing. You don't want to be the like, you know, one of the 60 people there that coughs. You don't want to be one of the 60 people that coughs before the pandemic, but now especially during the pandemic, because again, the pandemic is still happening. You don't want to be one of those 60 people because you, if it's that quiet, you'll be able to hear the heads turn. Oh yeah. But it, it, it's a cool thing that New York City's doing. And, you know, I look forward to things like this happening in a safe way because I don't love how the state that all four of us live in is very much from zero to a hundred percent. Yeah. Texas. I do like the idea of like, Oh, let's go to more intimate shows. There are some, uh, in the summer in Texas, there are these little, um, uh, classical concerts that are being set up that I, I plan on going to, and they've got it limited. You can only, uh, only a certain amount of people can go and they have like the musicians in the middle of a field and then they put candles around them so people don't get too close to them. And <laughs> the whole idea is everybody stands around uh, these people and they'll go through, you know, a Bach piece or anything like that. And I, I look forward to little things like that. There's a better way to divide people than candles. Yeah, I was going to say, there's yeah, going to be some guy, there's going to be some guy that's like, I figured it out. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you can't hold me back. You think anybody talking with that accent is going to be at a candlelit concert? Uh, you know, they haven't been. At, well, actually, no. Anyone? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> there you I go. I really did push us in a bad direction there. Yeah, I'm going to back away. And you from, didn't take the bait. I backed away from a joke. I'm very glad. We don't have to censor it this time. That's good. <laughs> we got to. We got to. A sad piece of news up next. It's, I don't think it, it's not like a Paul McCartney passing away, but it, it's definitely this person had a, uh, a a big part in music history, and I don't think many people knew his name as I didn't either. But Lou Odens, Ottens. This is Jackson's death corner. Yeah, welcome. The Dutch inventor of the cassette tape died at ninety four, and you know I see that headline and you think oh wow uh the inventor of the cassette tape that's crazy apparently he also uh had a hand in um creating cds so i feel like this guy's just revolutionary for physical formats of music i was gonna say i I never had a like strong association with cassette tapes but i know a lot of people who did you know people who are probably slightly older than us but not back to you know having a full record collection and stuff it was something like in between and that was a big part of why cassette tapes were popular and for a lot of people, a huge part of their, you know, childhood. Yeah, I mean, that was me. <laughs> was, I'm, I'm who you're talking about. So here's the thing about cassettes. And I love all the physical formats of media. I don't know why. I'm just a sucker for that. And what I'm curious about is we all know that CDs with MP3s and then also digital formatting is super compressed and it's just not a great audio format. We know vinyl is pretty high quality depending on who you talk to, but 
it's an uncompressed audio. You can't argue that. Is there a similar take for cassette tapes? Is there a crew of people who feel that way? I I mean, you're going to get people that are like, cassette tapes are awesome. Um, You know, they're kind of lo-fi. I don't think they have the same quality as like listening to tape, like reel-to-reel kind of stuff. But I don't really know the advantage. I would have to guess at the advantage of tapes over maybe there were eight tracks. So it was like records, eight tracks, and Mm -hmm. then cassette tapes. And cassette tapes could hold more material. Yeah, that that was actually part of how he like started the development process on it from what I was reading was that he like took a piece of wood and cut it down to a size that he could fit in his coat pocket and said it has yeah. to be this big. Right. Yeah. The portability factor is, is huge there. I mean, that's like, that's the beginning of, of where we are now with music, which is really with like listening to music. It's, it's such a, such a huge thing to have music on the go. Now everybody has headphones in when you see them because they don't want to talk to you. And it's great that we have that. The worst thing, though, is when you see two friends, presumably friends, walking together, and one of them has headphones in and the other one doesn't. That's so It's weird. like, man, I want to be, yeah, hey, hey, dude, yeah, I want to hang out near you, but I just want to do something else. <laughs> Are you cool with that? It's like, yeah, well, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> Can we share a headphone? No, no, we're not sharing a headphone. I'm never going to have a working session with Dave at a coffee shop. No, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's different. You're sitting down. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Fair fair enough. All that being said, uh, it's pretty cool that cassette tapes are still around today, and uh, this person obviously had a huge impact, so uh, rip in peace. And uh, yeah, moving on to our last piece of news. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a co-headliner, let's say. It's a bit of, it's a twofer. I'll say that. So we all know what, this weekend was, this week, whatever you want to call it, but the Grammys, the 2021 Grammys just happened. And if you don't remember, the weekend was very upset. He felt he was snubbed, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, but he definitely took it out in a weird way and has now stated, prior to the ceremony happening, he stated that he was going to boycott the Grammys going forward after his snub. Now, he is not the first person to do this. Drake did it for a while, and then uh, Frank Ocean has been doing it. Uh, I, he did not re- uh, allow his record label to submit Blonde and has not released anything onwards. So he's not the first person to do it. The Weeknd's not. I do want to state that. But The Weeknd is very upset about this. Hagen, how do you feel about The Weeknd being upset? Grow up. Do something else with your time. I don't know. Man, he's doing great. I don't understand. Like, there's, um, who, um, if he thinks the, I said it before, I'll say it again. If he thinks the Grammys are bullshit, then why does he give a fuck if he's nominated or not? It doesn't make any sense. It's so, it's, it's like, it, it would be so much better if he just ignored it and did something else. But I guess also maybe it just plays into who he is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it smells like publicity stunt to me because no one really, no one at the Grammys cares if the weekend is nominated clearly. Uh, if he decided not to participate, he wouldn't be missed. No artist would be missed for that matter. Yeah. Well, maybe Beyonce because she was so relevant this year, but Hagen, is there any way that we could possibly uh, tell how well the weekend is doing, even though he was snubbed for Grammys? Maybe the second piece of news I had 
Do you do you have any idea? Oh, oh, oh. It's 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 because uh we were stuck in our house for a year and TikTok was pretty cool. That's that that's why he's that's why he's got so much going on for him. But he's uh, his, his song Blinding Light is the first song to stay on the Billboard Top 10 for a full year. Thanks TikTok. You've done something else. Congratulations. Was that popular on the TikTok? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know that was his song for a long time. It was like the beginning of the song was part of a TikTok trend. And um, I didn't realize it was The weekend because it never got into the song um, every time I watched one of those one of those videos. And then I like I saw someone post like they posted a link to the music video. I was like, oh, I don't know if I know this song by The weekend. And I was like, I know this fucking song. I've just only heard the first like 15 seconds because that's all the TikTok dances. Okay, so throughout the rest of this episode, I'm going to try my best to not be to, to, to not sound like the oldest person on this podcast. Uh, the My first counter me moment is right now. I'm inclined to be upset that his uh, song Blinding Lights has is the first song to stay on the Billboard Top 10 for a full year because I know it's largely due to TikTok. But I would also say, listen, Dave, Feist's song 1234 was only as popular as it was because of that ad for Apple. So this has been going on for a long time. Now it's just a different thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally fine that it's because of TikTok, I think. I think that uh, it's definitely, I mean, the, the Apple point's really important, but I mean, just the way that we take in music, let's go back to us even talking about the cassette tape. You know, that was a really big way as to how we take in music. And, you know, as time's gone on, songs have gotten shorter, albums have gotten shorter, and ways that we take in things in general, especially music, has have gotten shorter. So it makes sense that a song like this, uh, which is a good song, but it, it's, it became so big, probably on its own, but TikTok definitely helped it a fuck ton to stay where it is. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the, the shortness that I've gotten from it is, is just a sign of the times. Everything just gets shorter and that's it. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just weird. It's just, honestly, it's a, it's, it's a very strange thing because I wonder how many people who listen to the song have actually listened to the whole song like multiple, more than once. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause like plays in Spotify, it takes like, it takes a, not the whole song to count as a play. Yeah. I was going to mention 30 seconds. For podcasts in Spotify, it takes zero seconds for it to count as a play now. Yeah. So well. you can just hit play and hit pause and it counts. And so I don't know if that's like that for music, but it's just the counting for what counts as a play is just crazy on its own already. Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, for everyone who listens to us. <laughs> just hit play and pause a bunch. Yeah. So Adam and I are, it's been documented in this show but we are weekend converts uh, ever since you know daft punk passed away and you know i i will say that blinding lights i will agree with hagen here that it, it's a good song and i do like that song but it, it it's i did not know that it was a weekend song for a while it, it has this it, and maybe it's just me but it has this weird feeling of like I feel like I've heard that synth line. It, it, the synth line, if you haven't heard it, which I'm sure you have, is the da 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 da, and that's pretty much it. And it sounds like something I've heard. The first time I heard it, I was like, I know this song, but apparently not. I mean, maybe there's a YouTube video on what song that 
IE rips off or I, maybe I'm wrong. Here. Maybe it's a sample or something. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've tried ever since we talked about the Super Bowl and the weekend, I've tried to listen to that record twice and I can't see any reason why anyone enjoys it personally. <laughs> All right. But I'm also, I'm also, uh, acutely aware of the fact that maybe that record just isn't for me right now. And maybe in a year or two, I'll listen to it and go, dude, you were so wrong. Well, you got to listen to the record with Starboy on it. It That that song, Starboy, is so fucking good. I think that, that helps, yeah, because that was probably the first, like, I'd heard his music at all was when that came out. And then this newer album came out, and he performed on, like, Colbert or something and did a, like, relatively cool and inventive, like, music video kind of thing. And that got me thinking, like, I should probably try this album. Like, let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, if I wasn't clear, I was talking about the newest album. There, yeah. there are lots of songs of his that I really enjoy. I, again, though, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I think it's interesting in, like, a just industry kind of way that this album has been out for a whole year now. And it's still, like, super relevant. Like, he he's managed to keep it relevant. And it's not all because of the, you know, TikTok stuff. Because he led that into the Super Bowl performance, which is seems nuts to me and a thing you couldn't really plan for so i would say the album being relevant though for this long you could say it is not so like you said you said it well but it's not because also it's not solely because of the music it's because of him and publicity and stuff like 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 the stuff that he's doing which is not like it might cause people to go listen to it and make it relevant like again for a second um not saying the music's like bad it's just it, it there's a lot of other factors that lead into why it is still relevant yeah, yeah. I think that could just be a reason why, along yeah. with TikTok, that that song is still even in, what, the top 10, so. Right. And he's, I think he's, I mean, he's one of the only, it's not true, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but, like, he's one of the only modern pop stars that I can think of that has a conspiracy theory about him. Like, and it's partially he made it up, but uh, but it's it's still interesting that like there's I mean there's not a ton of those out there aside I and mean, if you if you count like Illuminati shit for Beyonce and Jay Z but whatever or or like Lady Gaga, uh, secretly being a, a hermaphrodite or something. What? Yeah, I've heard lots of news reporters ask about that. Oh well. I mean, I mean, I mean that conspiracy theory, like Paula Abdul's conspiracy theory, like the the, the plane the plane crash conspiracy or theory. Avril Lavigne being dead. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Avril. Yeah, the yeah, those are. The, I'm talking about those kinds, not like. I mean, I, I don't think an interviewer would ever go up to Avril Lavigne and like a press like a press junket and be like, "So you're the double, right? You're the you're the you're the the second one. The real one's dead, <laughs> right? The real one passed away. You're the fake. That'd be pretty funny." Well. I have no smooth segue after that discussion, but let, let's go ahead. I, I thought for sure mentioning the weekend being snubbed from the Grammys would give me a, just an easy end, but I did not expect us to talk about uh, conspiracy theories. So into the 2021 Grammys, uh, welcome. We all four of us watched it, and to be honest, if there wasn't already a trial run for patreon content in the future for us i swear that live text chain that we had we were all just talking throughout the show it was like we were all hanging out together i mean that we got to start a patreon because just having people in a live chat for like something like that really would have worked out people would have loved it yeah let us let us know please 
if you would like to get some extra content through something like Patreon. We're interested in maybe trying out other platforms as well. Who knows what the best thing to use is, but let us know if you'd be interested in that. Yeah, and with full transparency here, everybody, uh, I did watch all of the Grammys, but I had it on the screen above here, right here above where I'm looking at you guys on the call. I had it muted as first part of it, and I was playing video games on this screen right here. So I, I I was back and forth, baby, back and forth. But I did have it unmuted a lot of the time, but if I needed to hear something in the game, I muted it again because it was really important. I hear the footsteps behind me, you know what I'm saying? I, I was going to say I did a 45-minute delay so I could skip all the commercials. So we oh, <laughs> were talking about stuff at the beginning. I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll find out. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, just, what the I just, hell? I just sat and watched the entire thing. Me too. Dave, you know what? <laughs> Next year for the 2022 Grammys, you and I will hang out and fuck the rest of them. No, the four this of us. Sucks. The well, four you know, of us will com- hang out. Commercials just take up a lot of time. And yeah, yeah they, they can do. talk during the commercials. Man, there were great commercials. Out. I mean, were they? John Baptiste is the in... The John Baptiste uh, commercial was great. The Lincoln one. Yeah, y'all did mention that, and I had to go look it up because I was curious about that. <laughs> Wait, so is that the only one commercial you're going to say is good? Because there were a lot. There were a lot of commercials. There were okay. a lot of commercials for like medication where it was like, you should try LeBlocka Block. Uh, but it was like, don't try it if you have, and then 300 side of possible side effects. There is this one commercial that I, and this is what's super fun about this, is I never watch live TV. So I was just almost like, right. I have to watch all the commercials because what are they doing now? They've got to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. But there's this one commercial, um, and it's for a non-invasive colonoscopy. I'm not going to explain what a colonoscopy is. You should know what that is. But um, it involves using a tube in a bad place. And what... This non-invasive colonoscopy is, is the the whole commercial is like, oh man, you don't have to go be put under and do this whole invasive thing. What it actually is, is you shit in a box and send it off to a lab. I love that commercial. It's a, oh. and the the commercial is like a little animated box, and it's like talking to people like, hell yeah, shitting me. <laughs> Can That's you imagine like uh, UPS or whatever getting that shipment wrong? <laughs> you open up your, <laughs> that your box, you're like, all right, my Amazon order's here. It's a box of shit. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. You're like, Jeff Bezos, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I'm always like that, but w- yeah. let's get into the show. Uh, have, you guys, have you guys ever watched the Grammys from front to back before? No. Yes. No. This, this is my first time watching the Grammys. I've never had any interest in watching it, to be honest. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That that year that Random Access Memories came out, uh, Daft Punk played Get Lucky, and I watched that whole um, Grammys just to see Daft Punk. And I think that was the same year that they had that super group for Sound City, and they played the credits over them, and then Josh Homme and... Trent Reznor really cried themselves to sleep about that it. was that was <laughs> that was actually fucked. So I I used to watch the Grammys every year, but since I don't have uh, like cable television, I don't do that anymore. Uh, but I remember that Sound City one like very clearly. That was like I, we everybody that I was like in the room with was all excited about it. They were playing the last song off of Sound City, uh, which is which was Trent Reznor, Josh Homme, and Dave Grohl. I forget, I forget the name of the song. The best song. The, yeah, the best song. Yeah, the song is starting and they're getting into it, and then credits roll and they just cut. It, you, you didn't get to finish it. It was so fucking stupid. That's really annoying. 
So this this is going to be my second Grammys that we watched. And I feel like I had more skin in the game this year than I have in a while because Phoebe Bridgers was nominated for four awards. And, well, this how many shows, How many did she win? This, <laughs> well, I'm not even upset about that because in the end, like, the recognition is great for her. And, you know she's going to get that exposure from extra exposure from that. I mean, she did an interview with uh, Seth Meyers, which was just weird. I never thought she would be on a late show like doing that. But I mean, the show starts up with a gut punch for me where the first award was uh, her, her best new artist and she lost. Uh, she did lose to somebody who was uh, worthy of the award, Megan the stallion. So, uh, I I will concede that I'm at least happy it went to somebody I agree with getting the award. And just so you know, uh, the award is like, or sorry, the ceremony is like three and a half hours long, and that's not even like half of the awards. There are way too many awards. We'll get into that in a bit. But by the time the ceremony had started, Phoebe Bridgers had lost three of the four awards already. And then when she lost that fourth one, she immediately tweeted out, stop the count. Very funny. So good. Hilarious. Very good work. Very good work. <laughs> also, yeah. Sir Elton John said that uh, before the ceremony, if Phoebe Bridgers doesn't win any Grammys, I'm going to punch somebody. So if he hasn't already done that, be warned, be safe. If you're anywhere near Sir Elton John, be careful. He's angry. No, 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 no. I think, I think we need to do is we need to get like some sort of, some sort of, I, I don't know what, what, what like crowdfunding thing, not a crowdfunding thing, but just we need to find, we need to, as a group, someone should volunteer to get punched by Elton John. I think a lot of people, I would want to get punched by Elton John. I uh, think yeah, we should yeah. line, we should start a line and maybe start a bidding war on who gets to get punched by Sir Elton John. I will, I will volunteer myself. My name is Tucker Carlson. And you may punch me in the face. <laughs> my name, well, I volunteer myself too. And my name is Morgan Wallen. There you go. Hey, there we go. I wonder. I, w- I wonder who would win that bidding war. <laughs> I think Tucker Carlson would by a landslide. Did you guys have any awards? Uh, I mean, we're not going to go through all these awards, but did you guys have any that you really felt strongly about? Did you guys even like? care that much I, I i don't really care about like I, I like i said i used to watch it um every year and i i at a certain point i just stopped caring about award shows uh, i'll say that like the 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 people that i wanted to win the most i wanted dua lipa to win uh so much i i loved her album so much uh and and i wanted her to win not i mean it's fair if she didn't win everything but i wanted her to win some stuff um i wanted jacob collier to win some stuff um Everything else, I, honestly, there aren't any awards though. Any anything that like you know, uh, any any awards that I'm upset about. I think all of them make sense. They're all they're all pretty uh, self-explanatory, and a lot of them had really good options. Um, I, I I think I think that the one I'm a little bit annoyed with, and this is solely from a personal like this is like super personal means literally nothing. I should be happy about it. Is the Snarky Puppy win? I should be happy about it. But <laughs> no, I'm a little saw, annoyed by that one. I saw an article written today that was like, Denton is a breeding ground for musicians because of this. Like, that is the fuck... What the fuck are you... It took you this long, first of all, to realize that Denton has a lot of musicians in it. One. Two. It took you this long to realize Snarky Puppy exists and is great. 
three. It took it was this Grammy Best Contemporary Instrumental Album for you to finally write an article about it. Yeah, so and weird. Like four, Snarky Puppy doesn't claim they're from Texas anymore. Yeah, they're they li- they've been in Brooklyn for like a decade at this point. Yeah, or more. And Mike maybe. League, the band leader, lives in Spain. <laughs> so it's like yeah they're it's they're not a denton band anymore sure they were formed and loosely formed in denton but yeah, most of the members I, were from i don't want to say that this album of theirs that one was bad or anything because it's not it's just another like really good snarky puppy album but mm-hmm. i thought john batiste's album was a lot better and should have won that's just me was yeah. it an instrumental album though yeah it was up against yeah it was nominated way. it was nominated and didn't win but oh. i mean I think either one would have been fine. It just sucks that now everyone's like, oh, Denton's fucking great. Now now you pay attention. Yeah, All once right. again. It just yeah. happened a couple years ago, and they won another one. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, th- I think album of the year should have gone to Jacob Collier and not Taylor Swift. Are we doing this already? Let me reiterate what I said <laughs> in the live text uh, that all of our listeners missed. I'm sorry that the difficult jazz album didn't win, Dave. Uh, before before Dave says anything, uh, did you listen to Jesse Volume Three? No, I find Jacob Collier's music very annoying. Then you can't call it difficult jazz music if you didn't listen to it. That's fair. I will take that criticism. Because here's the thing: is that that album that album is 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 like it's it's not a pop album. It is a pop album for Jacob Collier. It's not a jazz album. It's like there are levels of it that are like relatively like I guess difficult musically. But I mean, like this has his like his poppiest of music ever, and like I mean, he's playing on every talk show with this stuff now. I mean, it's 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 a it's a really big moment for for him, I think, and for what we can expect from like uh, this is a probably a little bit of a dickish way to put this, but like higher level musicianship, expecting higher level musicianship to like have pop music and not just like. Like you said, complicated jazz. You, it's it's fair to assume this is complicated jazz and like com- and like hard to listen to music, but it's really important. That it doesn't matter that he lost. What's important is that we now have someone who is writing this complicated music in the pop world, and actually people are listening to it like it's a fucking pop song, which is great. No, and, well, and there's the a, fact there's that a, it even got nominated is big. Yeah, yeah. There's a long history of people who write songs that could be analyzed in terms of the like the jazzness of them of the songs theoretically that have won album of the year before but the so matt jackson maxon <laughs> jackson mentioned the live chat and i when he said what he said to me just then i said i'm not gonna say the response i had in my head but i actually wrote the response in case you brought that up on the show <laughs> and my response to what you said was i'm sorry you don't understand music that uses all 12 notes <laughs> That is totally fine. And what I just want to mention is the album that uh, th- this was nominated for album of the year, if we didn't already mention it, but it lost to Taylor Swift's Folklore, which, I mean, no, I'm not shocked by that. If we're talking, I don't really know what the criteria, how they vote for these things are. But if we're talking about all of these, if I'm looking at all of these records, or sorry, albums that are up there for album of the year, um, which one had the most impact? I would have to say Taylor Swift's Folklore. I wouldn't say it's my favorite on this list, but I would have to agree that it had the most impact. So I don't think any of us are shocked. No. No, not at all. I And I would, I would totally agree with you that, yeah, I would agree with you that it's gotten the most I don't know. It's it's gotten the most 
we look forward to seeing the uh the follow-up album in the 2022 olympics yeah it was it was the whole like you know it, it had the impact of being a release during quarantine that was a surprise release it was that like like i i mean i think we talked about it when the album dropped um but i mean i tried to listen to it i didn't really like it that much but i saw all these people posting about how this was like the light in the quarantine darkness. It was just this surprise that came out of nowhere. That was this really good Taylor Swift album, a very different Taylor Swift album. So it makes sense. Like you said, Jackson. And I think it's also really important. Again, I, I said it kind of earlier, but all of the albums nominated for album of the year are really good. <laughs> like <laughs> there, I, I, to be fair, I didn't listen to post Malone's Hollywood. Hollywood is bleeding. I didn't listen to that, but I mean, Dua Lipa, like I said, hi, I'm Jacob Collier. Coldplay's album Everyday Life was like a little bit boring, but it was still really good. The Black Pumas album. The good Black stuff. Pumas album that came out in 2019. The deluxe edition, Adam. Come on. No, I know. I know. That's fucking weird, though. Yeah, but she, but like the Black Pumas getting nominated for any of this, we, we, we can't, we can't argue. This is, that's a great fucking oh, thing yeah. that they got. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we have to take what we got there. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's crazy that that, the, they'll accept a deluxe edition and that hasn't been used before for someone to win with an album like twice or something. Right. So that, yeah, like Taylor Swift could release uh, the deluxe edition of folklore next year and get album of the year again. So I, I am eternally thankful to Trevor Noah, who was the host. If you didn't know, Trevor Noah finally told us on the ceremony at the ceremony, what the difference between song of the year and record of the year is. And I can honestly tell you, I did not pay attention. It was a live broadcast, and then I heard him explaining it, and I was like, fuck, I should have been listening. But uh, th- there's that classic thing that uh, we've always talked about, what's the difference between those two? And they mentioned it. They know people don't get it. He he mentioned it, he explained it, and the explanation was like, um, I'm going to explain what song of the year is, and then I'm going to explain what record of the year is, and just use synonymous terms. It still didn't really explain the true <laughs> difference. It was just like so. Um, song of the year nominates, uh, uh, you know, the artist involved and the songwriters, and record of the year um, involves uh, the producer, the songwriter, and the artists involved. It's like the same thing. The thing you just said. Yeah, it's just thanking more people, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like, record of the year is the the tree trunk and then song of the year and producer of the year are the branches. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I mean, it's still more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> Just yeah. a little and bit. I also like how, I mean, we didn't mention, but Billy Eilish won for record of the year and basically gave a speech that said, I don't want this. It should belong to. Yeah. Let, let's go through the notable awards and how people feel about them. And we'll start with that one. So, Billie Eilish won record of the year and she felt that she should not have won it. And she gave this really awkward guilt ridden um, speech, but keep in mind, I've considering it's the last award too. It was very like a weird ending to the whole show. So I, I I do, I've seen a lot of criticism of, of this and I just, I don't agree with it. Pitchfork being the one that I don't agree with the most, uh, and we just need to keep in mind she's a 19-year-old and like if she genuinely was shocked by that which if you watch her reaction she does seem genuinely shocked um 
I mean, it's just kind of shitty, the kind of shade and like expectations people are putting on her. But she felt that Megan the Stallion was going to win because she felt, uh, well, no shit like that, that that's better and that blah, blah, blah. And so like a majority of her speech is that Phineas doesn't even talk. And it was the last record or the last award of the night. It was it was a weird way to end it. And it definitely felt strange it's not the first time that that happened this this has happened though it's really important to note that this is not the first time and it shouldn't be the last time and yeah it was awkward but i'm not gonna say the speech was awkward because of that i'm gonna say the speech was awkward because billy eilish is awkward as fuck it, ha- it has <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that that she that she gave megan all of this like uh, that, that she was giving megan all the props because this is how ha- adele did it to beyonce macklemore texted kendrick uh after his win i mean this is that this is something that's happened um, but I think that if you think that that was uncomfortable, um, because of what she said, I think you should probably just like step the fuck back and realize like, it's cool that these artists appreciate each other and like respect each other. And she's willing to take her time that she was given to thank her team, but to look at someone else who is out there and like killing it during this award ceremony and go, you deserve this. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here, and you are fucking great. And you, that, that's that's a beautiful thing to see within, us, within especially the, this Grammys. This Grammys felt very um, loving. I thought um, amongst amongst the groups. I, I do think the Grammys has a long way to go from where they come from, but it does feel like this was very much a night that felt more inclusive. There needs to be more transparency, but it felt more inclusive than previous years, especially for women. And going to that, we can talk about the other huge thing. I mean, really two huge things that happened with Beyonce is she won two awards that night, and that has placed her now as being the woman with the most amount of Grammys in history. She's not. She doesn't have the most amount of uh, Grammys. Of she has all time, the second but... most amount overall, though, which is still crazy. Especially because her career is not done. She'll easily be the person with the most Grammys in history. And the last award she won was what put her over the edge to beat out Quincy Jones. Yeah, which yeah. is like pretty crazy because she's a solo performing artist, and Quincy Jones is a producer, so now, he's not limited to his own project. My favorite thing about um, that. Uh, was whenever Trevor Noah announced that she was tied the first so like she 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 won two awards and whenever Trevor Noah announced that she was tied it was uh, with her winning with Megan Thee Stallion and it felt like um it it wasn't this but it did feel like the like the Kanye moment of like I'm I'm gonna let you do this Megan you won but let's talk about Beyonce for a second because she's (laughs) tied And I was like, because we got this whole Megan moment. She had a really like her speech. Her speech was awkward, too, because she was in awe. She was shocked about everything. And when they announced that she won, she just sat there. And and I was like, that's so sweet. Like, it's just awesome to see somebody genuinely be shocked. Yeah. But but then but then when Beyonce comes up with her and she's even more just like she has no idea. She's just so. Uh, she she she's like me talking all the time just like stuttering over everything that i'm trying to say and it was really really cool and then trevor noah's like i know that you did a great you you did you did a great thing <laughs> beyonce you did you, you did even better though you did even better <laughs> yeah that that thing just felt like really poor producership on the part yeah. of like whoever's running the night of ceremony because like don't 
tell Trevor Noah to say that then. Like, we're yeah. going to talk to it. We're going to talk about it later when it happens. That anyway. section of the broadcast almost seemed like a party for Britney or for, for Beyonce, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, deservedly so. Also, Blue Ivy won a Grammy. She is the youngest <laughs> Grammy Award winner now. She is nine years old. She won uh, for uh, Best Music Video with her mom. So fucking weird. It's so, so no pressure, but she's got, it's like, we'll give you a head start. <laughs> yeah. Not like she didn't already have a fucking head start. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So some other notable Grammys are, are you know, maybe not even Grammys, but the stories that kind of go along with them is... If you guys remember, Fiona Apple released the album Fetch the Bolt Cutters. She got uh, nominated for, I I believe it was like four. I know at least like two or three. And she ended up winning two. And here's the great thing is, you know, she was pretty vocal about, hey, I don't really support the Grammys because uh, they did have Tyson Trax, who if you don't know who Tyson Trax is, it's a pseudonym for Dr. Luke, who is a questionable person at best. And so she she was very active in her criticism of giving him a nomination this year. And then she decided not to come, and she actually had a pretty good reason that had nothing to do with uh, protests. Not that protests is a bad reason, but she said, you know, I'm trying to be sober, and to be honest, I don't think I could go on a nationally televised thing and being comparing myself to all those people and stay sober for an event like that. And I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense. You You have a good time. But guess what? The two awards she won, so it's this kind of hybrid model. If you watched uh, the ceremony only, it was just people who were there pretty much. And then if you watched these awards, there's so many of them that they pretty much all day leading up to the ceremony are giving out awards like the metal categories and the symphonic or or the classical um, categories. And so her two awards that she won were that way and she would have, been uh live on zoom but she slept through both of her awards so. <laughs> that's great that's so good that's amazing speaking good of speaking of the the metal performance you see you see who won best metal performance i feel that poppy should have won <laughs> listen it's it's i think power trip should have won power trip should have definitely won uh but that's neither here nor there because who won best metal performance is body count which means this is ice t's first grammy Really important shit. Congratulations, Ice T, for winning best metal performance for Bum Rush by Body Count. Woo! So wow. let's continue on some of those uh, first Grammys. And I, I got a couple, and this isn't a comprehensive list, but one that I was shocked to find out that was Harry Styles, uh, his first Grammy. You would have thought that he would have won something before. One Direction never received a Grammy? Apparently not. Wow. That makes sense. That makes sense. Did you hear about the neck, the necklace he was wearing? No. It was a banana, and it was like a partially peeled banana. But the part that you could see that was peeled was in the shape of uh, was in the shape of a penis. <laughs> and it was it was from like some huge company, and it was very subtle because he was wearing a scarf most of the night. But as soon as it aired, within minutes after the airing of the Grammys, that necklace sold out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like fashion was on like on point for the Grammys and really, I mean, it always was going to be with people like Harry Styles and but 
it felt even more so this year just because the way I interpret it is people were locked up for a whole year. It felt like they were wearing a whole year's worth of fashion and it looked great. I mean, really the baby's uh, suit that he wore onto the red carpet was incredible. Um, but uh, stepping back into a couple more firsts that I have, uh, the Strokes won their first Grammy, which not too shocking, but they won their first Grammy for Best Rock Album. And I wrote the joke that I can almost hear Julian Casablancas being sarcastic about it. But I watched the video of him accepting it, and he was pretty genuine about it. And it seems he can be a non-sarcastic asshole. It was him and another or two of his other um, band members, and they had beers that they shook up and uh, opened like they were champagne. And like it looked Jesus. like a New York City basement. It was incredible. That's great. That's awesome. And then uh, another here. Here's probably my favorite first Grammy win is Taika Waititi won his first Grammy. And you may be shocked to hear that. I think we're all shocked to hear that. But no one was more shocked to hear that than Taika Waititi. He won a Grammy for his film Jojo Rabbit, which got the best compilation soundtrack. Which, which the yeah. movie came out in 2019. I, I really yes. liked his comment about that too, because I don't know if you saw Jackson, but that award was presented by Bill Burr, who also had a tough night pronouncing names, and uh, <laughs> they gave him like all the categories that he would have no chance at pronouncing. That's a setup. He's from Boston. Yeah, Come they on. knew what they were doing, but he Come got on, producers got to him and Taika Waititi just goes, "I guess they're just giving these to anybody now." And then he just hangs up on the video call. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's I can so hear, funny. I can hear Bill Burr going, Tyga, what is it? Well, he actually knows him because he, he directed him in an episode of uh, Mandalorian. But Oh, okay. Did you, did, you see, did you see Bill Burr's like comment on it? Yeah. Uh, he said, he, he, he says, uh, so he was giving a lot of like, a lot of like the Latin music awards out. And he says, he says, why is the cis white male doing all this Latino stuff? <laughs> Well, it was a, it was if we're big... talking about somebody who doesn't belong in a category, uh, let's talk about Kanye West winning Best Contemporary Christian Music Album for Jesus is King. Yeah, apparently okay. you can win a Grammy after just pissing all of your award. So <laughs> that's I really forgot funny. about that. I didn't even think about that. <sighs> oh, that's so annoying. Oh, so man. Annoying. Okay, so th- that makes me think of... Um, Taylor Swift winning because she was, it was such a popular thing, right? Folklore was, had a lot of people talking about it. It was the same with that Kanye record. So if he's not, there are so many artists in that category that should be winning awards that don't have the, the platform that Kanye does. And Kanye probably won because of his, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> him saying that he's religious now and releasing this, a gospel record. This is like this is like uh, uh, I, I think I, I think this is relatively funny for people who you know church mu- who know church music or like contemporary like Christian music. But he was nominated against Hillsong, Young and Free. I mean, like right. I think that's honestly a joke. Like not to Hillsong, but to Kanye to be like, we're putting you with like this. We're gonna put yeah. you in this category with that's these like guys. Ice T <laughs> deciding to make a metal record. And actually winning instead of just being featured on a metal record. I mean that that's his label deciding this is the award you're going to win easily. So let's make sure you're on that category. 
Yeah, someone, right. someone, someone made a funny joke with that nomination. Someone made a real funny joke with putting Kanye there. And if <laughs> and if it was Kanye, then like, dude, you're an asshole. Like, we already know that. But like, why would you put yourself in that category against like, like you know, music that's played in in, in like you know contemporary churches and the music that like people who have church gigs learn and it's easy as fuck. Like, what what are we talking about here? Right, yeah, and you can also make the argument that he also made a really bad joke running for president. <laughs> so he's full of bad jokes. That's true. Presumably. Sure did. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick, song, real quick. Song of the year is big though. That going to her was a really big deal. That was a big shock. Uh, I like everybody should go listen to her if they've never listened to her. It's H. It's H. Period. E. Period. R. Uh, that song winning is amazing. All the songs nominated again. They, these are a bunch of really, really good songs. But that was, a, I think that was probably the biggest surprise, in my opinion, of the night was that song winning. I did not expect that in the slightest. So, And everybody watching seemed to be, like everybody in the, the dais seemed to be really excited that that song won. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, Jackson, for live performances, I actually chimed in at Billie Eilish's Everything I Wanted performance. So I missed Harry Styles. How was that performance? So I think Harry Styles is a super cool person, uh, and I don't really like this song, Watermelon Sugar, but I remember watching it, and it's the first performance, and if you don't include Trevor Noah, but I mean, like, I, he's just, like, he's, he's a rock star. I mean, I felt good watching it, and, like, I got a mixture of feeling of, like, wow, I'm watching a great performance, but then also I got that feeling of, like, pit in my stomach of, like, man... I'm so jealous of this guy. He gets to be up there just doing this right now. He looks like he's having so much fun. So it was good. And he didn't lip sync. Look, we're not even going <laughs> to. Go ahead. Uh, maybe Go ahead, we're Dave. not, but I am. I well, think that, that. I mean, that is one important like note for this, if you didn't watch this, is that instead of like normal where they're all live performances, they had some pre-recorded bits that they didn't like call out as recorded, but some of them stood out. Yeah, so I've I've heard from at least two different sources that typically the Grammys are more lip-synced in previous years. Yes. And that this year was kind of an exception that there were a lot of people actually singing. My I've thought about this a lot because again, I don't want to just seem like a person who's out of touch with what's going on. I understand that technology has advanced and we have the ability to make live performances look incredible and at sometimes comes at the expense of being able to actually play music and sing live. That being said, if this is music's biggest night, as some people say, it's kind of a bummer that a majority of the music that you hear is not actually performed at the time. And we're celebrating talent. Um... I think we're on a fine line then, right? Because what's defining talent in the music realm? Is it solely by live performance or is it just by song? And I mean, I get your point of... Well, yeah, uh, because at, at one point it was based on live performance. Sure, yeah. And it, and, and I, th- I think where we are now, like a lot of times the, like, the live performance exists uh, for a different... I mean, it exists for the same purpose, but, you know, there's... There's not the same thing of like, and I mean, even even way back when, who knows if it existed, but like, not the same thing of like, holy shit, I get to watch this person do some some crazy, some crazy thing, right? Because I mean, all so many of these people aren't, you know, 
like uh, instrumentalists, right? They're singing. So uh, right. it's kind of different to watch a singer. Dancers are really fun to watch. But also, I mean, like so much of the time you put the band in the background and the singers up in the front. Consider every single solo performance then, uh, during that. And it was just it was just not a band focus. Everybody give it up for my fiance, Kara, for bringing me a beer. Thank you, Kara. She wins the fiance of the year award. Just another category at the Grammys. That's right. <laughs> it's the only thing not a category at the Grammys. I've come to terms with the fact that these people are labeled as performers and not singers. That's what I. That's what, how I would categorize it in my head. I think, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Dua Lipa, I think that she was lip syncing. But her performance was incredible. The lighting, the dancing, the choreo, like every part of it was just top notch. But I don't think she sang it live. And I'm okay with that if she wants to be um, mainly known as a performer and not mainly known as a singer. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to do this right now. Let's move on. I mean, th- there is an aspect <laughs> to the Grammys where it is. Oh, as a whole, just a production. So that does play yeah. into the performances, whether or not they're lip syncing or not. It's it's just a giant, you know, large production that's only going to happen once in a lot of the cases. I think right. I I think Dua Lipa was lip syncing for some of her performance, but you can you can very clearly hear when she was singing on top of her track, and you can again I said this in our in our in our text. Um, during during the performance, you can hear breath sounds and you can see that when they're breathing. If they lip sync that, that's more talented than anything else. That's hard to do to pretend you're breathing and actually pull it off well. Like there's a breath sound, and I'm gonna actually like pretend that I'm breathing with the breath sound from my track that has already been mixed and mastered. What? Like that's that that's a pretty crazy thing. So Dua Lipa was singing for some of it. Like the first beginning, the first part of her performance is her just staring at the camera singing, and that right. was her. That was a thousand percent her. Uh, there, once the dancing got more intense, I'm sure I, I know it was less singing, but, and we're not even close to there yet. We'll get to it, but it, it was nowhere near as pathetic as Cardi B's attempts at lip syncing. Yeah. I mean, if we're getting into, so I, I, I agree with Hagen. I don't really want to get into this on this episode. Happy to talk about it later, but I am team Hagen here. Hashtag team Hagen. Someone pinch me. Um, we don't need to go through all the performances, but I will say as an overall, there was really no bad performances. Like these were all like, they made the cut. Even some of the, like, uh, you know, uh, Doja cat, it wasn't too exciting. It was pretty, you know, linear. It didn't move around much cool outfits, but didn't move around much. And then as, uh, Hagen said for Cardi B, she performed WAP because of course, um, but here's the thing is I guess as soon as I heard, oh my God, they're going to do that song on, you know, primetime television, I just bigged it up so much in my head. And then what came out, I was like, oh yeah, of course this is really uh, edited and she was very poorly lip syncing and just like, it wasn't bad. It was really enjoyable, the visuals and everything. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely, it bummed me out. Uh, Savage. In there. Savage was great. Savage was really good. Megan Thee Stallion's performance was like, oh my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Oh, and here's the best part of the Savage performance. So everyone knows Beyonce's on that song. And then Beyonce's at the show. And I guess they asked her and she just was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So what do you do 
you would think, okay, you're going to cut out the Beyonce section. No, they didn't. They just played it out loud. And what they did was Megan the Stallion just basically started twerking during the whole Beyonce thing. And I was just like, <laughs> this is incredible. I love this. Yeah, it's like good for her. I, I love stuff like that because I was wondering too, I think that's when I messaged the group like, oh, so some of this has to be pre-recorded because I can't imagine Beyonce saying no to performing. But at the same time, she has that luxury of she should choose. Do you think that the Silk Sonic one was pre-recorded? And here's the thing. I do want to lead into the Silk Sonic with, uh, I feel nothing for either of these artists, so I really have no skin in the game. I know all y'all are really passionate about Anderson Pack, but I, it felt like maybe it was pre-recorded a bit, but here's the thing that was super funny about it is apparently Bruno Mars put out like an open letter saying, hey, you know, here's my new band. Will you please let us on the Grammys? We're out of work musicians, which I had no clue until later. That's so fucking funny. It's super weird that they performed. Like, I don't know this for sure because there's a lot of categories for the Grammys, but everybody else was nominated for something they performed, more or less. It may have, it may have coincided with the single. They, but yeah, this this isn't something that, this has happened at the Grammys a lot where they'll do um like a premiere of something. They'll do like, hey, this is the first time anyone's ever seen this live or the, you know, I mean, WAP was that way. That was the first time WAP was ever performed quote unquote live. Right. Um, But like this was a premiere performance with two with one person that was nominated and then another person that's just huge. So um, I thought it was great. Uh, You know, I I talked with Dave about this when the single came out and uh, I, I, I think I've changed my tune a little bit, but. I was a little underwhelmed by the song, which isn't, it's not to say that it's a bad song and I wasn't like, holy shit, this is a great song. But when Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are involved and then everybody is tweeting and posting about it nonstop, it's like, this better be the best fucking song I've ever heard in my fucking life. And it wasn't that, but it's a really good song. Yeah, I I hadn't heard the song till this and I expected more from it, but still enjoyable. What it does is it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, so clearly just paying homage to what they come from and it's amazing to hear what sucks is that people are hearing it and hearing the wrong thing i've heard people be like do you think wolfpack inspired this i've also heard people (laughs) be like tame impala inspired the drum sounds (laughs) literally makes me want to fucking scream like those people are stupid so unbelievably stupid unbelievably so another thing too is that not that not to sound butthurt, but like Bruno Mars really is getting all the all the shine from this, and I would imagine Anderson Pack, being the artist that he is, is, is really excited about the possibility of working with someone like Bruno Mars. They did that in- interview with Zane Lowe where Bruno was very adamant about saying like Anderson Pack really motivated me and really inspired me in this project, and and he's still Bruno Mars is still getting a lot of the shine now. Bruno Mars is an incredible performer. So, Jackson, were they lip-singing? I think for Leave the Door Open, maybe they were. But I think that the the tribute they did uh, where they played, was it for um, Little Richard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was. I think, I think that was all live. Uh, I was going to say that was pre-recorded, but it was live then, the vocals and performance and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. that In Memoriam was... segment had to be pre-recorded, I think, the way they did all of those together. So I don't know if it's a combination of 2020 or just in memoriams are sad, but man, the in memoriams just made me so sad when they had Lionel Richie doing the Kenny Rogers song and 
they showed the pictures of them together and then the same thing for the John Prine section with uh, Brandy Carlisle. I mean, like, I was yeah. just like, wow, I'm so depressed right now. Like, I <laughs> think I was this close to crying during the John Prine section. I was just like, this sucks. I'm having a bad time. And, you know, but that I guess that's what it's for. I mean, it really worked out. Yeah, all those performances were, I don't know if they do this normally, but I thought that was a cool way to do that uh, in memoriam kind of section. They kind of change it up most years, but this was a pretty special one. I, I thought like, you know, uh, just just having each artist do all these different things. A lot of times they'll have like like one really big like group of artists sing something together or do a big performance together while it's all playing. Um, but it was, it was, this is like morbidly funny. We were watching it, me and my fiance were, and she was like, oh man, I bet this is the longest in memoriam ever. I was like, why? She's like, COVID? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they do it every year, but they definitely, um, said at the beginning, Hey, we lost over a thousand music related people. So like we are going to miss people's name. Definitely go to our website to read them. And I know a lot of people were mad that Naya Rivera was not on there. Um, but, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, when you have someone like, you know, Kenny Rogers and Little Richard and uh, John Prine, th- those are really big names for that platform for people to be singing. To, I mean, to have Brittany, Brittany Howard sing You'll Never Walk Alone for Jerry uh, Marsden was also incredible. I think that, you know, for Brandy Carlisle to sing a John Prine song at that big of a place, I think she I know she was really upset by the fact that John Prine had passed away. And then to perform a song by him in honor of him is such a huge uh, undertaking. So she really did a great job. Brittany Howard sounded incredible. The only thing I was confused by with that performance was why was Chris Martin playing piano? Uh, That's just what he does. He, he just shows up and plays maybe there was a connection i'm missing but maybe i mean also like i mean i see i see nothing i i I think that's just a cool collaboration i mean like i said what they used to do was they just have like like as many collaborations as possible for these in memoriams so like it makes sense to just have someone you know i mean and and maybe maybe it was like uh you know i want to be involved somehow with with this can i be involved in any way shape or form and that's how i thought it was cool i saw that and i was like oh my god Brittany howard oh my god chris martin yay it could also be that the guy that wrote that song you'll never walk alone gerard marsden was from england yeah so Uh, we we kind of we kind of jumped ahead a little bit but uh i have to i have to bring up heim here Um, yeah i was gonna say we haven't talked about my two favorite performances Hagen, talk about that band that uh, supposedly you and I saw together. It's really important because I, I want to, you know, I thought about this. I thought about, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm staring at the ACL poster right now that has Haim on it. And I think that, uh, you know, when, when Jackson and I went to ACL, I think that he was blinded by hatred. And I'm not sure. I've thought about this a lot. I'm not sure if he was blinded by hatred of Mumford and Sons or if he was blinded by hatred of the guy in front of us at Radiohead who was just talking about the smoothie he was going to have afterwards. Uh, but he forgot that we saw Haim uh, at ACL. And we we walked past it and we stopped. And we were like, oh, my God, this is really cool. This is, this, this, this is you know, this is really loud. This is rocking. This is awesome. And I can't remember where we walked to next after that, but um, yeah, we saw Heim, and then in the group, ch- the group chat, Jackson says, uh, "Yeah, I've, I've never, never heard Heim before. Never heard them." 
I apologize and I will rectify that in what I'm listening to. But my two favorite performances, this was my second favorite performance. This was the uh, third performance. It was like the opener was Harry Styles, then Billie Eilish, and then Haim. And they performed the song, The Steps. And like, it is very much a live band. It's this trio. They have uh, backing musicians that are blacked out on the stage behind them, but it's very much their performance. And I was floored by the song. I was like, this is an incredible song. How have I never heard this band? And fuck, they are incredible. And this song is so good. I learned it on guitar today. I've been just like playing that nonstop. It's so good. Yeah, the, th- the three three sisters. And it was uh, the sister who was playing bass. Uh, they, they're all multi-instrumentalists, but it was her birthday on the Grammys. That's really? pretty cool. Huh. Yep. So uh, that was definitely my second favorite performance. My first favorite performance was DaBaby doing Rockstar, which I was just like, at first when it started, I've heard that song before. It's a pretty, you know, straightforward, you know, pop rap song. Uh, if you've heard the song, but then when he started performing, I was like, not only does he look great, but yeah, I was just like, this is different. He's got this like choir behind them, him that kind of sounds like the Hamilton chorus. And I mean, just as it went on, I just kept getting more and more into it. I was like, this is incredible. It's not going to be topped all night. And lo and behold, for me, it was not. If you have heard Rockstar and didn't like it, I would challenge you to listen to this and not at least tap your foot. It was so cool. It was a great way to redo your song. Yeah, I think my, my favorite performance was the Silk Sonic one of Leave the Door Open. Just because, all, you know, obviously I'm biased. I love Anderson Pack and I love seeing him get that shine. And I think that it was incredible. My only regret uh, or the only thing I wish would have happened was if we could have seen the band that they were performing with. Yeah, I think I think that if I had to say a favorite, I I, I think that I'm gonna be weird and say that I think Dua Lipa was my favorite. I thought, I mean, I just I just love. I really I think that my biggest bummer in terms of Dua Lipa and this whole thing is that the song Levitating is like her big pop song aside from Don't Start Now from this album. And I think Levitating is not the best song at all on that album. Uh, Don't Start Now makes sense. That's a fucking banger from front to back. It's a great song. Um, but. I thought her performance was just like I I, I, I understand the lip syncing thing. Uh, I'm I'm literally reading tweets right now of people like Dua Dua Lipa lip syncing so bad, and I I just oh I, she did a she did a great job of lip. She also did I think she lip sync on uh, SNL as well. But still, it's like she's still she's a great singer. I'm not trying to say that. Well, but the thing is that like again like I think it, it you know. Just if, if 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 you if people rewatch it and look for the moments or just listen for it instead of just like because she's because in the first bit when she's just staring at the camera and she's just singing there's like no emotion and it's like I I was like this is great like I love that she's just like like it it I I couldn't tell if it was like maybe I'm actually just I just don't give a fuck and I'm just gonna sing like this or if she was like I'm trying to like I'm I'm here and I'm just gonna be staring at you and I'm not gonna give you anything else but just me staring which is like I think sometimes can be even better than actually giving me emotion right yeah I get that too I hadn't really given it much thought but I think the I kind of have to go with Dave. I think the Silk Sonic, uh, the tribute total Richard actually was probably my favorite thing because it just looked like they were having so much fun. Everybody playing with them, including uh, <coughs> the keyboardist from um, the Anderson yeah, Pax band. I, I I think that is definitely a change that I 
because I've never watched the Grammys the whole way through, I was very surprised at how how few bands there were. Now, that's been a thing that's been going on for a long time. I've just never seen it in one condensed period of, of a program. And again, yeah, he doesn't want to sound like an old man here, and he said that. He doesn't want to sound like an old man, but he's like, ah, there's no more bands at the Grammys. It is weird to see, though, is like how clear it is through the performances, just like there basically are none. That's it. Uh, Miranda Lambert's performance of the song Bluebird was, I thought, was really well done because she had a band. I, I just, I don't know. Well... I have two things that I really just have to get off my chest, and then I am all Grammyed out. I'm tapped out for one whole calendar year. Uh, number one, I've already said it, but it can't be understated. If you're a fan of fashion or just anything crazy, I mean, just go look up what people were wearing. Uh, Post Malone, not for his performance, but what he was wearing just actually sitting there for the awards part. He, he looked like, you know, a vampire from, um, you know, the, the 90s Dracula movie with Gary Oldman like he had these he looked like a Victorian uh you know count or something like that and it was just great I think the baby's red carpet look looked amazing apparently kids were not allowed on the red carpet this year because of COVID so Blue Ivy wasn't allowed to come and then also um the baby had uh has a kid and he created it's all over his Instagram you should go look it up but he created a fake red carpet and did a photo shoot with his child before the uh, show. And it's just really endearing, but fashion was out there as if people hadn't dressed up in a whole year. So it was amazing. And then the last thing I have to say is I've been told that I must mention the floral arrangements. And this is me mentioning the floral arrangements. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for that. One thing, one thing I want to mention too is at the in-depth look into some of the artists that were nominated for some of the awards. I believe it was the best new artist where they were doing these little mini uh, documentary esque things. I thought that was really really cool because I don't know DaBaby and to see him talking about his motivation and all that, so it really set up his performance, and I enjoyed the performance because of that. I completely forgot to mention that they did a cool thing where they were talking about venues that were affected by the pandemic and what they did is let a couple of those venue owners managers bartenders give out the awards and also talk a bit about their uh venue so it was good for them to acknowledge that hey we know we have the biggest stars in music we know we have chris martin and harry styles up here but hey here's somebody from nashville new york city down the street all that so that that was really nice and I do genuinely think the Grammys is trying. They did have a whole uh, inclusivity uh, statement of how they want to do better and they want everyone to let them know what they can do better because, you know, they deserve the criticism they get. Uh, But it did feel like they are stepping in the right direction how this was such a night for women and just, you know, more inclusivity in general. But right after that statement... Uh, the best thing that happened the whole night, Trevor Noah announced this clip and then they do this like five minute thing talking about, we want to get better. We want to make this a great night for everyone. And then it cuts straight to Trevor Noah. And he just says, word for word, I wrote it down. He says, I was listening and that sounds great. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> and then, and then directly and then the to- opposite of uh, Bill Burr who, they cut back to him from something and he was like, I was not listening to that and I am going to butcher this name. 
and then proceeded <laughs> to, do, to do just that. And then, and then to end the show, the last thing that you hear Billie Eilish say is, where do I go? Yeah. Where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife was like, what did she say? Who did she, she say that to? I think so, she said it to Ringo. She said it to Ringo. Yeah, she did. She like, yeah. like he would know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've been asking that question for decades. <laughs> Ringo couldn't open the goddamn envelope. And, 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 and then she's like, where do I go? He's like, huh, where, do, where, where do we all go? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I miss my friend John. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's sad. Um, I've got two things. One is, I, you know, they were, they were very inclusive, but I do also think that women just kicked ass this year uh, in particular. And it was just really well represented. Maybe the inclusivity actually showed us the full depth of what women are doing in music, and this is the first time we're seeing it. But um, I look forward to that in the in the coming years because it's really cool. The other thing is when people are like, "And the award goes to," and then they say the name, it's like pre-open the thing. And the award goes to Jackson. There it is. <laughs> I hated that noise. I just about <laughs> ended it. But yeah, I found that really funny. Like open the, but I didn't really super pay attention to it until Ringo, like you said, Jackson. Overall, I mean, like I don't know. It's just probably the past year we've had. I I had a good time. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed talking with you guys live through it. It did really genuinely feel like I was hanging out with people. I think Trevor Noah should get more credit than he's getting. That was a really complicated ceremony to be, even if you don't like his jokes, like that's fine. You don't have to like the jokes, but he really did well of going back and forth between these stages, working with people on like zoom calls. Like he really deserves more credit than I feel he's getting. And he's doing fine, but still, I've seen some like at Pitchfork even said something of like I'd rather uh like gnaw my arms off or something like that than to ever hear another Trevor Noah joke. And I was oh like, my god! Okay, pump the brakes, Pitchfork. You don't need to be so fucking edgy. There's That's so a lot annoying. of people who really just hate him, and it's that's so it's weird. annoying. Like he did such a. I agree, he did such a good job. My favorite part was after WAP. He was, oh yeah, <laughs> he, he was dancing on the stage, just doing. There's some whores in this house, and he didn't stop. And and I was like, don't cut, don't cut away, don't cut away, don't cut away, don't cut away. And it took so long for them to finally cut away from him. Long long enough that Cardi B started twerking with him. No, she wasn't twerking. She was doing the robot. It was so oh fucking funny. God. And by yes. the way, he wasn't saying there's some whores in this house because that had to be edited. What right, he was yeah. saying was the clean version, which if you don't know what it is, it sounds like this. There's some walls in this house. There's yeah, yeah. Walls. And yeah, he was genuinely he was saying, singing that. There's some walls in this house. <laughs> there's some walls in this house. It's it was so, so good. Fucking... It, so it was a good, good. time. Uh, if you, you guys enjoyed us talking about it, next year let's do a, a Patreon chat. Let's get some fans in there and let's all talk about it live during the show. It was a good time. I appreciate my co-hosts for watching it live with me. It was a good time. Let's wrap up this episode with what we're listening to. Um, Hagen, do you want to do, do... I'm going to give you an option here. Do you want to do what we're listening to anymore? Do you want to scream that? Or are you done with that? Um, 
I mean, I'll, 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 I'm happy to do it. I have no issue with it. You know, if, if, if we as a podcast feel like we've grown past me screaming, Hey, listen, then, then I, I can, I can step back from that. If, if we want to bring Kara in every time, then she can do it. If we want to just, if we just want to say, Hey, we're in the new segment, we can do that too. I think, I think all the options are every, we, we, you know, where do we go? Where do I go? What a great intro. <laughs> I, I, I like how you're changing it up every time. Thanks, so Dave. I think that's cool. I also really dig Kara doing it. I, just I thought you were. Gonna, I, thought, I totally thought you were going to be like, uh, you know, I like when you change it up every time. I also have been listening to Dawes, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just Dave changing it up. I think that was an amazing intro, and uh, as I've already mentioned, uh, I've been listening to Haim's new album, uh, "Women and Music Part 3. It is incredible. I am going to be going through and listening to their other two albums as well. But yeah. that album, it, I mean, it deserved to be nominated for album of the year. It was incredible. That song, "The Steps," is my jam right now. I keep replaying it. You, you need, you need to listen to "Days Are Gone," their first album. The song, it's so good. the song, "The Wire." Uh, I'm teaching one of my students that song, and it is, it's stuck in my head for the rest of the day afterwards. It is. Can, such... you, can you show me the lick that the synth line does? What? Can you show me that lick that the synth line does? No. Get the fuck out of here. What are you listening to, Dave? <laughs> uh, the new Kings of Leon record, When You See Yourself. Uh, don't. At first listen, I was like, cool, man. That's a Kings of Leon record. Now I'm on my like third listen, and I actually really dig it. Um, God, again, you just, you're just you leaving me hanging. You're like, I thought you were going to be like, don't listen to it. <laughs> oh, and also the, the, uh, the new The Weeknd record. <laughs> Uh, don't listen to it. <laughs> no, I mean I'm gonna continue trying to listen to it. I trust I trust Adam and Jackson's music uh, tastes. I don't know if you should do that. There you go. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. There you go. I'm trying to get with the times and be hip and with it. I don't want to be an old man. I want to enjoy music. Uh, I've been listening to Lake Street Dive's new album. They came out with uh, last week or th- this past Friday, obviously. The first song on it, Hypotheticals, it has been uh, my favorite song of the year, like by far. Um, the album uh, is pretty good. I-, I would say that I have to just keep listening to it because there are moments where I'm like, fuck, this album is great. And there are moments where I'm like, God, I'm a little bored. But um, it's, a, it's, it's a really, it's, it's good. I suggest everyone listen to that album. I've also been trying to, I haven't been listening to a lot of metal lately. So I've been trying to get back into some new metal stuff. There's a band called Alluvial. They released a song called Ulysses. So if anyone likes uh, some pretty crazy metal stuff, there's death metal aspects. Is it aspects. influenced by Wolfpack? It's influenced by Wolfpack. Um, it's got some death metal aspects. Uh, it's got some prog metal aspects. It's a very, very fun single. Um, so for anyone who likes metal, check that out. And for anyone who wants something a little groovier, check, in, check out Obviously by Lake Street Dive. I've been listening to a Icelandic electronic ambient music band that uh, their song appeared in that documentary we watched the other week, um, Until the Light Takes Us, and they're called Moom, M-U, but it's Icelandic U-M. Uh, it's, the album's called Yesterday Was Dramatic, Today Is Okay, and it's great like background kind of music for Is that the song stuff. with the with the, the loud it's got bell? The synth. And the, the synth it's in the it? synth yeah. that goes ding. Yeah. That song's yeah. called Ballad of Broken Birdie, something like that. Something like that, yeah. The whole album's pretty good. It's on that it has that same like vibe through the whole thing. That was at the end of a skate video I watched when I was a kid and I was like, this music is really cool. 
Yeah, it, I guess it is important to note this is an album that came out like twenty plus years ago. So, I was I was a kid twenty plus years ago. There's a website that I used to be really into because most people only know two Icelandic bands. It's uh, Bjork and um, uh, Sigur Ross. And there was a website, and I think it was called notsigurross.com. And it would basically, <laughs> every time you went to it, it would show you musicians from Iceland that were not that. It was great. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's, That's awesome. pretty great. It's been a great, great week, guys. Uh, it, it's been fun. Next week, we're probably going to talk about NFTs and how we don't understand what they are. Uh, I'm really glad we got to push <laughs> that off a week. That's awesome that we can keep researching it and not continue to not know what it is. Sorry, are you yeah. are you continuing to research this? Yeah, I'm going to take the, the opinion that I don't care about it and I'm not <laughs> going to research it. So Don't give away the episode. <laughs> Dave, it's uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, just you know, real quick, just say that you know, we you you were a kid 20 plus years ago. I think we were all kids 20 plus years ago. But the important thing is today that I was told I look like a teenager. So um, on that, I'm gonna take us all out of here <laughs> and uh, and thank all of you for listening and thank you all for being here. If you didn't watch the Grammys, we did it for you. You're welcome. Um, so you don't have to go watch the clips. You should watch those performances we talked about. Uh, you should go check out some of the cool shit that happened. Um, it was it was a fun year, like Jackson said. So thank you all for being here with us. We really appreciate it. You can uh, press that follow or subscribe button on whatever app you are using. You can go press the follow button on any of the social media apps. Don't Feed the Artist, DFTA Podcast. And uh, thank you all so much for listening, and fuck off. Give me a time. I was listening, and that sounds great.